What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Chalfie. I'm out here doing another special episode of Cadillac on Mars. Super, super hyped today. It's been a long time since I've, I've tapped in with the Bruiser Brigade, and I got the homie Fat Ray with me today. What's up, Fat Ray? How you doing? What's going on, fam? Yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, just enjoying the summer right now. How are things feeling out in Michigan? Oh, man, it's hot, man. And it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, it's good, though. It's good. I like it. I like hoodie weather, but it's good, man. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, these uh, these California kids out here, I just picked up my son from school a little bit ago, and they're all in fucking jeans and fat-ass hoodies. And I'm like, it's summertime. What are you guys doing? That's how that, I was trying to say summertime. What y'all doing? <laughs> yeah. That's the look. That's the look, man. That's the look I like, man. Jeans. I mean, it's a nice look, but not in the summer. You'd be all musty. Oh, not in the summer. Not at all. <laughs> But then again, by California standards, it's only like 77 right now, so it ain't too bad. Either way, you can bring the But uh, yeah, man, I just like I know it's been a long time. I've been wanting to have you on for a bit, just life-wise and work-wise, it's been like kind of nuts. But as I've been kind of going through the whole crew, man, I did number one, I know it's been a minute since Santa Barbara's been out, but that album like is fucking timeless, man. Like I listening to it to the day it came out to even today like it's not dated man it's beautiful thank you man i'm i'm glad you said that about it not being dated because i feel like i uh create from a place where you know artistically it does it's it's, the time the time doesn't matter you know i listen to a lot of my old stuff and i'd be like wow you know nobody would even knew whether it came out yesterday or not unless I said something, you right, know, right. What I, exactly, so I, exactly. I kind of try to tailor my style into that way to where if you like me, it's because it's something there that you maybe not can't put your finger right on what it is, but you remember most of the things that I'm saying you can reference in some kind of way. And, 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 um, and then once you get in that pattern of doing that, then you see the main scheme of things like, Oh, okay. He set it up this way. He's, you know, he's he's a, a theologian of some sorts. Yeah. I mean, and let, let's talk about that, too. Like, OK, so I'm familiar with your um, your lunch bo- or lunchroom album, your Perseus album, Santa Barbara. And something that I found like personally, like genuinely impressive is like each one of those albums is distinctly different. Like, I feel like uh, the lunchroom album's got like a, like a little bit of like a like a southern Houston vibe to it, you know? Um, the Perseus album's got a little bit of like a New York vibe to it. Like they're all distinctly different, but what I found, like I said, most impressive about you is that you own the beat, you own the sound where it's not the other, like sometimes you hear people and you just be like, Oh, they're trying to be this wave. They're trying to be that wave. Whereas with you, you were just like, shit, give it to me. I'm going to make this a fat Ray album, like through and through. How did you develop that? Well, what happened is early on, it it came um, through producers really trying to find a sound mm-hmm. because I never really produce records, but I always gravitate towards good producers for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I've had my, you know, from my experience with Black Milk and Jay Dilla to you know other producers, um, the Nick Speeds and the you know. Uh, and the underground guys who 
you know, who uh, have been sustaining for a long time, you know, the Apollo Browns. And, you know, I, I, I enjoy hearing new producers who can make beats. So if you go on my resume in the past, you'll find a lot of producers there who really made a name for themselves um, underground first. Yeah. So like Chris Phantoms and, you know, guys like that, you know, I always found my thing working with new producers from Detroit that were trying to push the sound pretty much. So, yeah, it was just us trying to find our particular sound during that time. It's just mm-hmm. a collection of basically different producers who were fishing for a sound and me being an artist who was, you know, um, versatile enough to, you know, put a picture to the soundtrack per se, you know? And I think that's a good point right there. It's like putting a picture to the soundtrack because it's like, I can, you, you develop a really good narrative. Like you put that visual together, even though it's all audio, you know, like I can see it in my head, you know, where it's like, Oh, this shit is a party right here. This shit is like the backyard barbecue. This is like cruising in the whip. This is like chilling on the sofa. You know what I mean? Like it's all different styles. It's not just one, but like I said, it's all very distinctly you. Like your your rhyme pattern, your 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 lyrical structure, like all that stuff is just like it's almost like you're making the beat compromise to you as opposed to you compromising to the beat, you know? And I think that's a really cool thing. I do, I do. I think, uh, I think, you know, the most high for that ability too, because, you know, a lot of times people have trouble expressing themselves. Like I never really had that problem. So mm-hmm. it's like, what message do I want to convey at this point is like the question, you know what I mean? Or yeah. do I want you to enjoy my own thoughts? So basically that's what it is. It's just been a fight for me to, convey my own thoughts without being uh, what you would call influenced in any kind of way by, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anything that was outside of uh, thorough, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, outside of, uh, you know, thoroughbred hip hop, you know, rep uh, culture only, yeah. you know what I mean? I fully get what you're saying because it's like you'll have some artists that over time you can kind of tell like a, uh, I compromise my sound because this is where I'm trying to get a Pepsi endorsement. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, exactly. You know, and that's, it's like, I was not the same anymore. <laughs> that's the thing about me. Like me, I had to take a back seat because I, I took the gimmick out of my flow. Mm-hmm. A lot of times um, artists is, they um they use their gimmicks to push them forward in their career. And yeah. when you do that, you bound by those same gimmicks. Yeah. So it's like me understanding early that being a good artist and me conveying my own feelings in the way that I want them to be would see me through is pretty much the guy in light in everything for me. Is it, it allows me to be the real fat wreck. Yes. Because I don't have to rely on any gimmicks or anything to see me through. People who love me as an artist, they love me because they know I can really rap. Yes. And that's what, you know, that's what um, is a breath of fresh air, for not only my fans, but for myself, 
And that's why they know that they're guaranteed pretty much with me to get what they want musically because I'm not going to stop being that way. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's what I find like most like, like most admirable about just the whole collective, the whole Bruiser Brigade is like, you can tell it's, it's not like you said, like compromised, you know, it's just like everyone has their voice, not trying to step on each other. Just like you got JUS who sounds his way. You got, you got Ahmad God who sounds his way. You got you who sound your way. You got Bruiser Wolf who definitely sounds his way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, but it's like, it's one of those things that I think it weeds out the sort of bandwagon people, you know, where it's just like, Oh yeah, I just like the song. Cause it's hot in the radio right now. Where it's just like, nah, this is hot because the fucking lyrics are ill. The production is nice. The beats clean. You know what I mean? Like it's all those elements where it's just like, yeah, I could soak this up. And that's the thing. Like a lot of people who gravitated towards the bruiser brigade thing, did it strictly off the music because, they didn't know my standing in the Detroit hip hop community or probably care. You know what I mean? But the music, like I mentioned, you know, will always see you through if you can get it in the hands of the right people and it's the right product, you know? So that's really the, the, the thing about what we did. It's completely organic because we didn't, we weren't relying on, anything other than us and the music to make it work you know what i mean right oh yeah it's and it's like this is no like this is no shot on like big sean but it's like i don't hear you guys writing on his like radio coattails you know what i mean like you're just like this is us this is our this is our thing here you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the like i came up with sean you know what i mean um a lot of my life I've been able to access Sean, you know, and we've talked and we've been in, you know, and he's, he's a phenomenal young man. He's been a phenomenal young man for a long time. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? No, I definitely fuck with this so, shit for sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm not shocked in any type of way about where his career has taken him because he's always been a phenomenal young man. All my friends are great in some kind of way. Yeah. So across a lot of the greats, and you know what? I still got to give him a big shout out, too, because he still has love for his city. 100 percent. You know, each of his albums is always like, and here's some Detroit shit, you know? 100 percent. And I feel like all of us that have been really touched by this city will forever be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. We all got that in common. Now, you, you kind of brought something up that was like one of the questions I was like thinking about, because so... I learned about you in reverse. You know, I heard the Santa Barbara album and then I was like, one to me just off top listening to it. I was like, okay, this, this might be the senior of the crew in the sense that like, I got the impression you had like a history, a depth and an experience. Like you said, like, what was your role in your relationship in like the Detroit hip hop community? And then I realized you had like more albums and more singles. And I was like, oh, this dude's been around like, He's got he's got some shit under his belt. How did you how did you sort of get into that? Like, I guess to even take it to the way back. When does Fat Ray go like, shit, I'm about this hip hop life. Like, how did that kick off? Um, As a kid, my dad was a studio engineer and uh, I had a studio in the basement of my home growing up. Shit, that's awesome. So I've always been able to listen to music and do different things with music. 
even though um engineering started out as what it was that I wanted to do, but <laughs> I brought my passion for engineering because I through the process of making songs, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I found passion more in making songs and um just um seeing other people's reaction to music that I liked. So it's always just been um music has always been in my life. My first experiences outside of the home with uh music was seriously was probably the hip hop shop era. Um I uh was frequent at the second hip hop shop, not the Maurice Malone one, but the second one that came right after that. It was down the street from my house. Hustle Simmons ran that one, and uh, he's a hip hop guy too, a deep in the streets hip hop guy. Okay. So yeah, my first interactions with hip hop was the hip hop shop, actually. Yeah, you see, I that's awesome when you have like the opportunities to like in a sense, get in like on a ground floor, or even have like access to, um, cause it's like some of the stories I, sh I share with my son about like my sort of being on the periphery of like music and shit like that is just like one, like just be cool people. Cause you never know who is going to be the hookup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, and then with that as well, it's like seek those opportunities. Like, you know, if you have access to a studio, fucking take it, you know, like you got access to someone who can make videos, run with them, you know, like, cause you never know what it's going to turn into or like hearing you say, yeah, you know, the creation of the music was the, was the first passion. And then it just turned into something else. It's like, yeah, be versatile, like try different things. Cause you never know what's going to be the one that's like, I really thought it was going to be this, but it turned mm -hmm. into that, you know, it could have been the opposite or reverse direction, you know? Yeah, and then um, also what played a major part in just making songs, the church, of course. Mm -hmm. Being in church, being in the choir as a kid, seeing, you know, how different pieces in the songs are supposed to go, how, where the sopranos and the tenors go in the record. Yeah, and that and that's a true thing. Like, I think it's, it's really about, like, being worldly about music. Um, like I give a lot of my music appreciation to like, to my, my parents, you know, like yeah. for my dad, he was very much like, yeah, he played like the, you know, mariachi music, uh, ranchero music, but he was also heavy into like, you know, that late early seventies, late sixties, like doors, Zeppelin, Santana mm -hmm. type of shit. So it was mm -hmm. a variety in my house. And then on my mom's end, she was heavy, like, uh, um, you know, Motown sound, Smokey Robinson, you know, Betty Wright type of shit. And then mm -hmm. even like the lowrider oldies, you know, so we're mm -hmm. all that encompassing. But what I found myself doing as a kid, and this kind of goes with what you're saying is like, I didn't just listen to like the song. It was like, today I'm just listening to drums. Tomorrow exactly. I'm just listening to horns or I'm listening to like, wait, that that's not that's not Prince's vocals. That's someone else's vocals in the under, you know, like kind of segmenting into my head. I didn't go into a musical path, but it's still part of like my core, you know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Like my dad, he was that guy for me. He was the one who uh, always had the references for me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
hey, dad, um, I need a baseline. Where do I go? You know, he'd always have the answers. And yeah. then I, I like to play drums as a kid. So he put me um, hip to a lot of good drummers, John Luke Ponte. And you know what I mean? Uh, different percussionists, Earth, Wind and Fire. You know what I mean? Um, it was just, it was a, uh, I, I grew up in a musical home. So, yeah. You know. And that, that's such a beautiful thing because it's like, I don't know, like to be able to put someone on the music and have that like influence their life. It's like you've changed someone's DNA. You know what I mean? Like they're, Oh yeah. You've altered their perception on something. It's like, and that's like really, really awesome. Like when my son hit me up and was like, Hey, I want to, I want to work on something. I told him, I said, number one, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) I was like, but I'm going to see what I can do. But as we sat there, you know, it was, it was the learning experience, you know, it was just like, I tell people, we're not the ones that are going to be out in front throwing the football, but if you want to talk drums, we could do that. You want to talk different styles. We could do that. Like I've very much for a very long time, been a huge fan of the Detroit sound. And then, uh, so my son and I are going back and forth because he's a, he's a very huge Chicago drill guy. And so then he's like, but this and like that, and this, and I'm just like, you know, just do it, break it down. Like I played some, uh, he got real hip recently to um, to Z. Got hip to Zaloopers, where he was like, "This is kind of crazy." And I was like, "Yeah, that dude is like walking art." Like, <laughs> yeah, well, he's the wild card for sure. Yeah, he definitely is. But mm-hmm. so it's to be like I said, to be able to bestow that knowledge on someone, you know, and to know that you had someone in your life who did that too is like that's some rad shit. And especially father to son relationship, that's huge. And that's what I mean, like, about me as an artist. Like, why it's so cool to be the real Fat Ray is, you know what I mean? Like, Zaloopers is my little brother. You know, mm-hmm. Big Sean is, you know what I mean? Trick Trick and, you know, Bruiser Wolf is my best friend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's crazy. Like, my life is crazy. J- Jay Dilla is my big bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Proof. Proof me and Proof had so many intimate moments together. And, you know, it was is my life has been crafted by the people that I love. So it's like I get the opportunity to really have fun being myself. Yeah. You know, what I mean? so, you know, that's really what it is at the end of the day is that I'm, I'm in a good space when I record. So, yeah. And like, then to have that, like you mentioned, too, like the access and all the names that you've mentioned, it's like. One, it sounds like you genuinely are appreciative of the relationships you have. You have value in them. And then it sounds like, too, just like knowing like it's not an everyday thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you mentioned like, oh, yeah, it's like Big Sean, Trick Trick. Like you got all these different people where it's like someone there's usually one person because their cousin's sister dated so-and-so, you know what I mean? And then all these paths and all these different people lead back down to me and Danny Brown, bro. So it's mm-hmm. like, Danny is my, Danny is my, you know what I mean? Danny's my, um, my guardian angel of some nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Since, since me and Danny have um, met each other, my life has changed for the better. So how did you get there? Let's talk about that. Like, what was your sort of first connection with Danny Brown? And then how did that develop into you, like, becoming, like, part of the Bruiser Brigade? Danny Brown is um, one of those, he's one of those rare, rare gems that you get 
in people. You know what I mean? It's like um, me being the person that I am, like I mentioned, I get to meet a lot of special people. For some reason, my steps have been ordered in a lot of special people's direction. So when nobody else knew uh, Danny, me and Danny, our first interaction was at a show. One of uh, the homies in the crew, BMO, he brought Danny to a show that I was performing at. Mm-hmm. And um, they they were just in the show kicking it, you know, at, at a showcase, a Detroit showcase. I think it was Alvin's. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe Razcast was in the building. Pet Murder was there. And a bunch of other, you know, Detroit cats. And um, that's where me and Danny first got wind of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, later, we met again performing on Elzai's Preface album. Me and Danny um, Hex put us together on a record on Elzai's project and um, the uh, the record, uh, I believe, is um, Fire Remix. I'm writing that down right now. Yep, the Fire Remix from Elzai's preface album is the first time me and Danny actually appeared on record together. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy how that whole studio session and everything went because Trick Trick was in the studio with us. Hex Murder was there and it was just a funny session. But well, we that later. Oh, yeah. But that's where me and Danny first initially met. Um, through a couple years passing, I got an invitation to come and um, meet with Danny and BMO. Mm-hmm. And BMO asked me if I would be a member of the crew. Uh, you got and, like a legit formal, like, let's make this happen. Yeah, like we stood outside of Drummer B's crib. He said, Ray, you know, I acknowledge who you are in Detroit hip hop. I have nothing but respect for you. We want to bring you in the crew because we feel you haven't got your just dues. We feel you haven't got your proper, you know, flowers. We, yeah. You have flowers. And, you know, we don't know why, but we want to be involved in the next step in your process of getting recognition and just, you know, seeing you be great. Yeah. And I have been through a lot of different stuff in the industry, a lot of different people. And um, like I mentioned, my steps is ordered. That conversation that we had that day stood out to me in a genuine way to where I knew anybody who was rooting on Danny Brown's behalf that hard with that much faith had to know something. You feel me? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's like such a, like, that's such a like game recognized game moment. You know what I mean? Like, and then to be like, we're going to have a conversation, not let my manager call your manager. Exactly. It was just like, no, face to face. Like I got respect for you. Let's make this happen. Like, how can you not love that? <laughs> Is that exactly? So yeah, it was an informal meeting that got me in the Bruiser Brigade. Mm-hmm. But once I joined the crew and uh, we started to build our brotherhood, it's it's been no turning back. Like we've been together ever since. Yeah. Now f- for us to just like it was it was um 
because of the way the crew was set up, it was always dope MCs within the crew. We just couldn't get to a place where the music was um, the music was in front of everything else that we had, all of the responsibilities of the crew. Being Danny was the priority, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to take care of your priorities first before you can do anything else. Yeah. So, you know, that's really what it is. And just knowing how to play your role as a teammate, you know what I mean? So my time. Sometimes things need to like, like a good stew. They just need to simmer for a bit, you know, because in the end, that's when it gets real delicious. It has to make sense. You know, you got to have the whole equation before you can get the answers. Yeah. So if a piece of the equation is missing, you can't move forward until you, you can know one plus one equals two. You got to have the whole equation. You got to have me and you and everybody else working in unison to equal success. Yeah. Because like listening to like going back to what was that like 2021 when the album started dropping, it was like it was almost like uncovering a map because each album featured members of the crew and then their album dropped. And it was almost like in the end, it was like a pullback where it was like, Oh fuck you guys threw out the, like the timeline from the get go. It's almost like seeing the season finale of a show where it was like, fuck all the Easter eggs were here. I just didn't see it until it was like all said and done. And so once all these albums started dropping, you know, where it was like, like going back to Bruiser Wolf, I think it was on your album. I heard him and I was just like, who the fuck is this? And all I could find was dog food. And I was like, this shit is ill. And then it was just like, oh, wait, who's J.U.S.? Who's Ahmad the God? It was just like so on and so forth. You get this like and like I mentioned earlier, like I love music. So then I was like, Google, find more, you know, like look into. I think I mentioned I messaged like Skylar where I was like, hey, come on, man. Like, who the fuck is this? Where do I get more music? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's like, like but it's like, are you saying it's just like, just wait a minute. Just hold on. Just it's going to come. Just relax. You know, I'm not going to give you all four seasons right now. It's got to come in pieces. <laughs> See, that, And that's the thing about me. I have hidden gems all over the Internet and my fans who are aware of that. They fucking freak out about that all the time. Like, bro. I just got through listening to this or they come up to me and say the weirdest record that they've been listening to. I'm not going to say the names because I, I, you know, I, I don't reveal, you know, that's the thing about me. Like if you know something about me, that's yours, you know, it, and, yeah. you know, that's our thing. You know what I mean? So I have a connection with most of my fans because they all have something specific that they, they 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 like me for or uh, something specific that i've said or something that and it's it's something personal to like to be able to uncover those gems like as i started doing my searches where i was like you know fat ray who is he and then it was just like oh this this dude's been around this is not album number one there's more to this there's further so it was like on my end i'm like shit now i'm realizing i got like a smooth five hours worth of content. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, where it's like, oh, it's, not, it's not one 45 minute album. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean. And then it's like, I got so much unreleased material as well. Everything just has to have its proper place. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, once my fans um, 
get in the multitude to where they can understand it once I give them what I have to give, then it'll all make sense. That's what I could say that. Yeah. Now it's really um us just genuinely um you know just genuinely giving the uh the jewelry giving jewelry it's like Dior releasing their yeah. new you know I'm just giving them the jewelry but when they get the meat and potatoes though we skip right past the meat and potatoes to give you the jewelry so it's like I got the jewelry still you know what I mean yeah. Yeah, you just just sprinkle in them gems, you know, but yeah, hit me with the meat and potato. Give me something I'm going to get full off of that because I'm going to hear it. I'm going to consume it over and and over and over. Now, for me, music right now is just a fight to hear something unique, a fight to hear creativity that will spark anything. Just we need more ideas. We need more creative. We need more. We need more conscious thought. You know what I mean? And and that's a real truth because like when someone asks me like, oh, what are you listening to right now? What's your favorite song type of thing? I'm like, I guarantee you haven't heard it because not that I hate the radio. Like I'm not slamming radio. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like, I don't listen to it. The only time I ever listen to it is when I'm in my wife's car, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but it's like, if it's me in my car, I'm like, okay, this, like you guys, like this, artist led to that artist or this genre led to that genre. And so it's just like uncovering things all the time. And so it's like finding something that's unique, finding something that is authentic is really, really hard. Cause I feel a lot of like, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, when you're stuck in a voice and you're stuck in a style that's for the masses, you can't break it. And I feel a lot of music right now that's coming out for the masses is like, I've now contextualized it as like TikTok music. It's, yes. like, it's so they can put a dance to it so they can like do a thing well, to it. And it's like, well, say because it's existed all throughout hip hop. It's just not, is what category we category, uh, you know, to categorize it. It's just novelty. Yes. When, when you become a novel, and you get what it is to get for that, that's what you are. That's what the public's job is to do, is to perceive you as who you are. So if you become something and they perceive you as that, that's your perception. Mm -hmm. So that's what I said before in the beginning. It's like every time you see MC Hammer, you want to see the baggy pants and the shiny shoes and the isometric haircut. (laughs) <laughs> yes man that was the time <laughs> and the big glasses right you don't want to see mc hammer come out with dreads you know what i mean i mean like, let's let's talk about that you remember back in the day I, I i don't i don't want to date you i don't know how old you are but i'm gonna put out my date i'm 46 man and let me yeah, put it I mean, this way when when hammer came out with his gangster rap album we were all like no, <laughs> like you just finished Hammer Don't Hurt Him, and then you come out with this fucking hard album. It's no, song was called It's All Good. All crypt up. It's all good. But it's like how you said, nah, man. Nah. I want the shiny shirt. I need the baggy pants. I need the isometric hair. I need Oaktown three five seven in the back that's dancing. The, that's, <laughs> that's the hammer that you he immortalized as that MC Hammer. The yeah. hammer with the ball and alley in the basement. 
Right. Exactly. Hammer don't hurt him. Come on, yeah. man. And then he came back and wanted to hurt him. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> you can't never hurt him. Never. No. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> but so I get what you're saying. It's, it's the truth, though. It's like. Yes, that's why a lot of artists, you know, fall out of love with their careers early yeah. because they're not allowed to be who they really are. Yeah. And then once you've sort of fallen off of that, that throne or like tumbled down that hill of success, you, you can't that, climb back. Yeah. You got to kill that character. Yeah. And destroying the ego, destroying that character that you create is very hard. To, um, it's hard to balance the two. It's like Batman or some shit. It's yeah. Like be- hero you know what i mean when do you take it off when do you not get to be little baby when do yeah. you get you know what i mean exactly because like the impression i get is that you are fat ray all the time because you're also like i mentioned before like you seem very authentic you know so i think if i were to catch you on the street and be like hey what's up man dap you up like you're going to communicate with me in the same way as if I saw you also eating in a restaurant or saw you in the studio. Like, I think this is genuinely you, exactly. not just a persona or an outfit. Now, why you feel like that is because that's the way I got my name. Yeah. That Ray was really me. It was me. But when people ask about me, when people speak about me when I'm not around, mm-hmm. but what happened was, Somebody will say, yeah, I was with my man Ray the other day and we was in the studio. He was going crazy. They said, Ray, who? Yeah, like, it's Ray. <laughs> you know, you know, Fat Ray. And then they be like, oh, yeah, I know. So, well, yeah, but man, he, he crazy. Yeah. So they were always talking about me. I was never being nobody else. So Fat Ray is really me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the person that I've been. You know what I mean? So I'm not. You know, I'm not selling you nothing. Yeah, it's like the 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 individual came before the music in a sense. You know, they're like synonymous because that's like the conversation I had with Jus, where I was like, "What does Jus stand for?" And he goes, "Actually, it's just always been me." Like even before I started doing this, like people just called me that, and so he's like, "That's who I am." And it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because that's. I'm the- the- I probably J-U-S because his name Justin. So yes. J-U-S J-U-S-E boy. I don't even call it. I've known J my whole life. Yeah. Um, what the significant years of my adolescent years J man right there. And that's something I, re- I find really interesting too is that it sounds like you guys have always been around each other because like you know, <laughs> Bruiser Wolf says he, he said too he's like that's he's like Fat Ray's my best dude. He was like he brought me on and I was like what? Bruiser Wolf, man, he's a gem. He and me, another one of them gems, man. Yeah. I just, the most I spoke to me when I met Bruiser Wolf, he was like, that guy right there, either you can deal with him now or you're going to deal with him later. <laughs> you know, you're going to deal with him. And, and I'll say this, like, honestly, because um, I mentioned it to him too. I'm just going to put this out there now, lock it in your head. I'm putting this out to the universe. I need the world needs a Fat Ray Bruiser Wolf album together because the way you two like like double dutch off each other, that's just that's amazing. Like when I hear you two together, 
this. The power of the tongue is powerful. And manifestation is real for sure, too. So I'm just saying, if you if you guys tell like if you title this album Wolf Rays, I ain't mad at it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, when we talk in the future, you might be this might be your psychic moment. I don't know. You know, so, I don't know. I'm just I'm putting it out there. I think every one of you guys that I've talked to, I'm like, you better tell these motherfuckers to do a, a, a collab album because that shit will be hot. Like I, w- I would love it, but this conversation genuinely is about you. And I know I'm kind of all over the place with the topics, but it's just like, I, I want you to know, like I'm, I'm passionate about this. Like I love the music. I love what you guys are doing. Um, I do, I do want to tap back into Santa Barbara. Cause like I got into earlier. We we're talking about how you guys, um, your albums are like so distinctly different. Santa Barbara seems to be way more raw. Like this seems to be just like the, like, it's like you took off all the, the shine and you were just like, you're getting me like uncovered, clear, uncut. Like, I think Rafi told me when I, Rafi, when I was talking to him about like my son's working on, I was like, I don't know what to do with his vocals. And he's like, oh, Ray's vocals are raw. He's like, I didn't do shit to them. He's like, we tried, but just raw sounded the best. And I was like, oh, I couldn't see it any other way. How did you go into this album? Like, what was your mindset? What was your approach to just because you I mean you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it just sounds so like you're getting uncut. Santa Barbara was that period, man. It was that whole frustrating period of time. I was really using the music as an outlet for the frustration I was having in my daily life with different shit, COVID and all that other shit that was going on, and just I was just uh. Raffi, me and Raffi, the place that we had in the studio was like, uh, it was like my, uh, it was like my safe haven to rage out, I guess what you would say. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you go in the rage room and you get to break shit or whatever that room is, they let you pay and you get to go in that room. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've seen that shit is wild. <laughs> That's what recording Santa Barbara was like, mm-hmm. like somebody just gave me the space to just go in and break as much shit as I wanted to until I didn't want to break nothing else. Yeah. And then figure something else out. But I felt like I owe the people that never got to see it that like Dilla, he first spoke on me. Like I had a lot of people who spoke over me like Fat Ray, you're going to be, you're going to be one of the ones boy, like great mm-hmm. people, you know, who I feel like, you know, that, I can't let them down. I don't want to let them down. You feel me? I know they still, they were so great of spirits. I know if it's any type of way that they would be with me right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their their soul is a part of your soul. 100%. So it's like, I, uh, I use that Santa Barbara project as like my gift per se back. Mm-hmm to, you know, Dilla and Proof and the hip-hop community and just a lot of stuff that had to do with Detroit, if you know, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff that had to do with, you know, getting a bruiser established for real and how, you know, we coming. Where did, At- the, um, where did the title come from? Santa Barbara is actually the street that uh, Proof lived on. Ah. It's his mama's house on that street. 
Because I, I, that's something I had wondered about. Like in my mind, I thought, oh, this must be like a street or a neighborhood in the area. Because you know, out here on the West Coast, it's it's a beautiful city. It's my mm-hmm. actually my birth city. You know, so it's, I was like, I know Santa Barbara differently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, exactly. So everybody got that's what, and that's the thing about Santa Barbara too. Artistically, everybody who listens to it is going to do something different with it. It's just their conversation piece is going to become your conversation piece in some kind of way because that's the way it was created. Like, I I know that nobody knew this Proof's mom lived on Santa Barbara, you know, and a bunch of host of other artists is from Detroit that I met. DJ Dez, Slum Village's DJ stayed on Santa Barbara. Um, Swifty McVeigh from D12's. Uh, and uh, he was also a member of uh, the Raw Collection at one point, stayed on Santa Barbara. His sister, see, that's also like fascinating to me because it shows like how, like, how music and just a collection of words can be like interpreted in so many different ways, you know. Because, like, like I mentioned, like on my end, hearing Santa Barbara conjures up, conjures up like the beach city you know what i mean and it's very it's a very beautiful area like i said mm-hmm. like i i spent like all my like summers spring breaks winters there stuff like that because my family was there mm-hmm. um but the flip side and again where the album fits in is you know a lot of my family were members were a part of like you know like the local east side gangs out there so it's like even though you have this beauty up above and it's like these expensive homes and celebrities and beaches you can't forget that they're still hood people, you know? And so it's like, intentionally or intentionally, you created that contrast for me where it was like, I knew the name in one way, but the music fit the environment. Like I was a kid and I was out here like with my uncle who was just a few years older than me. And we were getting wild faded before I should have ever been doing, you know what I mean? Like I was like out here getting into fights and stealing bikes and shit. Like I was living dangerous. And it was just like, that's that's where this album fits so it takes me back to that time when i was young but then it's like but what's the context in a in a detroit setting because it's it's different you know so it's that art man it's open to interpretation and instead of just being like this is the party album you know (laughs) pow pow you you hit it right on the head and that that what that was my whole homage to proof because that's how he was. That's how the whole dirty hairy thing was. You never knew what he was gonna do. It was all up for your own interpretation. Either you loved him or you you hated him. But if you understood him, then you respected him. Yeah. And that's all I ever wanted to do. I wanted my music to convey how it conveys to you. Take it and do what you will. I want to know your personal experience with it. Because, yeah. because I only did it because I only said those words for those that I consider to be quality enough to understand what I'm even saying. Yeah. I know it's everybody. I got. I'm a caviar. I know I'm a caviar artist. All the people who have ever really dealt with me have been artists. Other rappers. I've been rapping with rappers my entire time. Yeah. I never had a chance to worry about my fans but now i am yeah but i think it goes it goes to like the quality of the content too like what you're providing allows it to be open 
you know, like they're definitely like you can listen to it and understand the narrative. Like for me as a listener, I, I, I hear what's being said. And then at the same time, I can still sort of take it to different places because whether it's a couple combinations of words, maybe it's just a bar or two, or maybe it's the whole song. It's like, it allows me to tap into my own shit. You know what I mean? And so it's like, this is fucking tight. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. Like what, what, what impressed me the most of everything that happened to me, it was like, as soon as I dropped the album, my first review came from Harvard, the Harvard Crimson. They like, you're like, what's Harvard got to do with this? (laughs) Boom. But my interaction with them and understanding it when I understood that they were genuine fans of the art. That's what I knew. See the, the whole thing. That's what I mean. The technique and the place that I'm writing from. If you can recant my raps, if you can recite me, yeah. <laughs> you something else. Yeah. You, I'm not, I'm not. It's something else, man. It's it's like that. I'm gonna say this. All I can do, I can just be hype man in the back. I don't got all the words down. You got you got too much content for me. I'll just need to do just like right. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's like having the Jedi power. Those that get the ability to recite me word for word. Yeah, it's else. Yeah. But I mean, like I'm saying, though, it's like what you really bring to the table is something phenomenal. And then just to kind of as you start to like wind down a little, just looking at what I've uncovered on my own and, and learned your styles along the way. It's like I see the evolution, but I see the, the genuineness, the authenticity. And it's something that I think I think as the whole community, not just like the hip hop community, but the musical community, I think people should really, really give a listen to Fat Ray's music because it's got depth. It's got complexity. It's got, it's got honesty. It's got sincerity. It's not just one-sided. I mean, this dude is over here rapping the fucking 20 sided die. You don't know what number is going to pop up, you know, <laughs> but it's going to be, it's going to be quality, you know, but it's going to change the outcome. <laughs> It'll be something different. Yeah. Just, just, just very, yeah, just praise, just give it a try. I, that's all I ever wanted, man. I just ever wanted everybody to just taste and see for themselves. And if it don't, if you don't like it, then that's rough's fine with me too, because it's not for you. I know it's not for everybody. I'm not yeah. trying to be for everybody. You know what I mean? Because you know, everybody like, like I, like I say. It's not really about what you, where you're from. It's about what you're for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I know a lot of people that's from Detroit, but they not for Detroit. Yeah. I'm for Detroit. I'm for the music industry, you know. And I'm for music. Yeah. Let me tell you that. I'm, I might not be for the music industry, but I'm for music. Yeah. And I think when you take the time to grow from within as well, you know, to appreciate what's around you, like what's developing, what's growing. It's like, it's kind of like my own career, like starting off in education. I started off as a teacher and I was like, well, I can affect these 30 kids. And then I said, you know, I'm going to be a coach, like a teacher coach. Cause then I can work with this. I can work with my grade level and my teachers. Now I can affect a hundred kids. And then I was like, now I'm going to go into administration because now I can affect my school and the schools around me. 
because I'm, I'm growing, I'm cultivating, I'm kind of building it up. So I think it goes along with what you're saying as a parallel. Like when you start growing from within, you get results in a different way. You're like, you've created something. And vice versa. Like, that's the whole thing. I just run resumes. That's all I think. I don't know. I feel like I'm, um, I don't know what job I've been appointed, but everybody's resume came across my desk for some yeah. reason. Your resume came across the desk clean as a whistle. <laughs> There's something about the Cadillac on Mars. Oh, yep. I, 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 no, you know, and, and, and it's like, I got to give a huge shout out to all you guys that I've, ta- I've spoken with, you know I mean? Like great rapport is everything. That's all it's ever about. Yeah. Like I big shine, a good friend of mine, but you got to ask them about me for it to be relevant. You understand yeah. you, when you know, you know, everything ain't for everybody to talk about, but those who know it's like Norm, I guess it's like uh Norm Morpheus or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that was a and just to, to give a quick like anecdote, like uh, my son and I went to the um, it was a few months back to the Smokers Club Festival and I was wearing the the Gagoku JC Jay-Z shirt. Right. And so this lady comes up to me and she was just like, I got to take a picture of your shirt. And I was like, sure. Yeah. And she's like, you know, this is my friend. And I was like, Jay West, your friend. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I just interviewed him. And she's like, <clears throat> it was and it was a uh, bruiser list. And so she was like oh, you're the podcast guy. And I was like, I ain't shit. I'm just like some dude, you know what I mean? And so it blew like kind of my son's mind where he was like, how? And like I mentioned before, it's like, just be cool with people. You know, like, I hope that my my authenticity and my appreciation is coming off as genuine because I really am like appreciative of this. And so I told him, I said, just be cool with people, you know? Mm -hmm. That makes perfect. Like I said, it ain't hard, man. People make things too hard. It's so easy. It's so easy to be cool and just be real. It's so easy. People go out of their way, man. Yeah. And don't be be weird. Like, don't be awkward. (laughs) One. And that's what I was saying. Like, can you imagine a city full of people like that? Yeah. It'd be amazing. And that's where I like to see more of. That's where I tell a lot of people, like, don't get stuck in a style. Don't get stuck in a time period. Because... Not only the grown folks, but the young folks are doing a lot of good shit out here. Like, listen. Man, I'm going to tell you the truth, fam. When I first got a record with Jay Dilla, man, I feel like I had arrived. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an artist who blessed. I was like doing a record with Jay-Z with me at the time. Right. It's huge. <laughs> it was huge. Huge in my life. As soon as we started getting the ball rolling, he passed away. Yeah. And he's one of those stories, but him, not only him, Proof. Proof had just started his record label. Iron Fist was going up and going, but it was a very good friend of mine. We've been through a lot of times, good times together. And then he passes away. When I dropped Santa Barbara, Virgil Abloh texts me. DM me yeah. and told me, bro, amazing job, bro. I love the project. This is Virgil Blow, bro. Yeah, he had no huge. word to me, bro. Reached out to me on Instagram and told me how much he loved the project. We locked in. 
he put pieces of Santa Barbara on his mixtape, bro. On his mixtapes that he did, bro. Yeah, he put he said, that's phenomenal. Bro. And um <clears throat> and then he passed away. And that shit, man, it's like these relationships all bring me back to my introduction. Like I mentioned, I'm gonna tell you a story I never told on a podcast before. Big Sean invited me to come to the Majestic Theater. He said, man, come out, enjoy the show. I'm doing the show Wale, such and such. So I get there. Sean's doing the show Wale, him, Wale, Drake. And I get backstage with these guys. And, you know, security protocol going on. Sean, like, you know, Ray, man, I love you, man. Enjoy yourself. I see Drake. I walk up to Drake. I said, what's up, man? My name is Fat Ray. He said, I know who you are. Damn, what? I stepped back and looked at him, you know. He said, I know who you are. I said, how you know who I am? Yeah, because that's my question. Is like Because you think, like, how does he even have time to listen to anybody? You know what I mean? I said, how you know who I am? He said, Elza, my favorite rapper. And checkmate. There, done. And checkmated me right there on the spot. And then walked on stage and did his show right after that. And I knew, <laughs> <laughs> and I knew he was gonna be the biggest fish in the pond right after right. that. I but said, it's like it's that shit that fills your cup. He was that on his homework. Yeah. You feel me? Like you can't you can't get past me. Once you get the fat right, you at the guardian right. level. You're you the you the general of this. Listen. <laughs> guardian level. You gotta get past the gate after you you make it past fat right, you something else. You know what? And I and I think that's a that's a good place to put a pin in our conversation today. Remember this. Fat Ray is the guardian. You need to check in. You get you get your credentials cleared by this man right here. Man Ray, I appreciate you sitting with me today. Like, this has been an awesome conversation. I can't wait to hear something new from you. Please tell me we got something coming. Please. Man, you, you know, you feel you can feel it. it all around. You feel it all in your spirits. You know it's coming. You know, it's like people check the wind. I got my finger. Which way is the wind blowing? Is it coming? <laughs> and I'll, I'll guarantee you this time. After this. If they can, if they... If it's anything left to say after this, besides blank stares, bro. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm hoping I listen to it, and then I don't say nothing because I'm just gonna be like dumbfounded, it, like this motherfucker, I, man. Like that's all I, I want to be left saying I, is that this. There should be nothing. <laughs> yes, man. I can't wait. I'm so hyped. I'm super, super hyped. Man, and like I've said to all of you guys, I cannot wait for new music. I can't wait for like you guys to start coming out west and doing shows now that like we're starting to hit back and do like some tours and shit like that. Cause uh once you guys hit out west, it's gonna go off. We're going off. Man, I just want to say thank you, man, for being on being who you are and you know your ear being available to the to to the to the fans and the, you know the people who who deal with you because uh, you 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 on top of it you on top of it bro man I appreciate it. I appreciate it you know and I it's just 
my goal is just to like, if I can share my community with yours, because, you know, each one, each time I do one of these interviews, I get a few messages along the way that are just like, damn, thanks for putting me on. I didn't know this about this artist. I didn't know about this music. So it's just like, if I can get you a few more listens, I can get you a few more buys and downloads, man. It just, it's, it's sharing the wealth. It's sharing the knowledge, you know, like I'd love to keep it to myself, but it's you like, oh, man. Down the wormhole. Yeah. Down the wormhole, bro. Yeah. I'll tell <laughs> yeah, you go backtrack down the wormhole. So <laughs> I'll give tools. Make sure Santa Barbara, Perseus, setup. All right. Okay. Lunchroom. Right. You already listened to the lunchroom. Now, if you go back and listen to the lunchroom, yes, it's a song called Bosses on Deck. Mm-hmm. And me and JUS was on it back then. Yes. Okay, that blew my mind. That when I saw that, I was like, oh, these people <laughs> go back. They go back whole, back. Oh, another vibe. Yes. Oh, another vibe. Yeah, because I man, I'm you know, I'm put JUS on blast. He was like, no, nah, I just started this recently when I interviewed him. And then I see that fucking album came out in 2018. Liar, stop it. <laughs> Tell him I said that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I got Jay back in his golden days. I snuck one on him. Back <laughs> he no. See, they had to rap with me. But man, again, I, I appreciate you taking the time today. Like this has been like a super awesome experience. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Tell they where, where they can connect and listen. Fat uh, Ray and the number one on Instagram. Um. Santa Barbara is streaming on all social platforms. If you tap in with me from this interview, I'll give you the jewels to go find some hidden gems. Oh, shit. Uh, I got songs with people that's hidden on the web. The And then I got songs with guys who's not unhidden that you just don't know is there. So mm-hmm. I get good references to some fresh new music. I'm telling you, people, do your Googles. You'll find stuff out. Well, yeah. Tap in with Fabra. I give give you fresh new music you never heard before. All gems. Definitely, definitely. Well, man, Fat Ray, thank you so much for sitting with me today. I really, really appreciate you taking your time out of your busy day to have this conversation with me. Um, Again, thank you very much to everyone listening. I'm Chalfie. This is Fat Ray. We're out of here. Peace. Mama. Hmm. Mama. What? Grandma's not here.